Starting a podcast can be very time-consuming. I've been doing it for more than three years now, and my biggest challenge was finding a way to distribute my episodes across major audio platforms in a way that was easy, effective, and free to use. That's when I came across Anchor. And the best part is that you can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Sean, first of all, I just want to thank you again for doing this. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. You know, listen, I've been following your stuff for a very long time. I know you've been following me. So it's, you know, it's a real honor so that we are here together on this podcast. And finally, uh, making it happen. Finally, yeah. I appreciate love, man. it, man. So look, uh, a lot of people, I, I know know you even across, uh, across Canada, uh, a lot of people in my community have been sort of anticipating this podcast too. Tell us just quickly a bit about yourself. What's your background story? Who is Sean Canungo? You know what? Uh, I like to say that I'm, uh, uh, I'm obsessed with digital and innovation. I worked for uh, Deloitte for a very long time, uh, playing in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I want to take put some of the proof in the pudding and uh, help operate and scale some companies. I'm advising some companies right now. I'm a professional speaker. I'm also uh, helping Singularity University, uh, Singularity U Canada with mm-hmm. a couple things right now. Uh, and so for me, innovation is so important and this is what I want to um, I, I, I want to be able to build a community around innovation here in Canada, and uh, that's what I'm all about, man. Innovation. That's, that's I'm obsessed with it so much. Like I'm yeah. listening to podcasts, I'm talking <laughs> to people, I'm getting engaged in like the innovation ecosystem. That's what I'm all about. So obviously, you're, you're very passionate. I can tell that just even by your demeanor when you speak about innovation. You you also did a TED talk actually, and yeah. the, the theme I found super super interesting, and it was what would I want my kids to know about innovation and what would I actually want to teach them about what I see well, in the future. So, so let me so let, yeah, let me give you a background yeah. on this. You know, a lot of people Please. talk about, you know, what are we gonna teach our kids about the future. Exactly. And to be honest with you, a lot of people get really hyped about, you know, things that are working today like artificial intelligence or or, or data science yeah. or big data, you know, all these kind of things, the skills that are needed for the future. In my mind, mm. I have no idea. I have 18-month-year-old, so this is the context. Okay. I have no idea what's going to be relevant in the future. To me, actually, um, uh, having the ability to learn, to be hungry, to experiment, to try new things, that is the skill that you need for the future because you can't predict what technologies are going to be around in the future because technology gets commoditized so quickly. Do you yes, know what I mean? 100%. So, so knowing this, right, and I think if you look at, for example, Darwin's theory back, back in, in its first iteration it was you know a survival of the fittest or the strongest yeah. right today it's the only way you can survive is if you're actually the, the one who's most adaptable to change yeah and so if you're going to position innovation in that way how can one actually position themselves to be most adaptable uh, in a world that's constantly changing you know it's it's i think there's no magic to it i think it's continuously learning t- continuously being uh, flexible and nimble and not being uh, 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 just held to dogma and, and you can't be nostalgic like you got to keep on moving you got to keep on learning you got to you got to make sure that you take yourself out of business every single day mm. that you when you're in your organization trying to figure out how do I actually take myself out of a job tomorrow and I think that's what we constantly have to be thinking about from an organizational standpoint and also from a career standpoint like like, what are the things that are going to take my career mm. out? And let, let me work on those kind of things. Like, if you are an accountant, you should be 
uh, ahead of what's happening around machine learning because there's a lot of hype around will robots take yes. your job, but yeah. you should be ahead of that. Even on the legal side, I mean with AI, for example, they can really automate all the sort of scripts of these regulations, these legal terms, and, and so that there's really disruption happening in every, every sector. Totally. Uh, and I think that, that disruption you're seeing in the personal self and the professional self, why is that so difficult for people? I think even, even just being so either specific you know, being a specialist, for example, that's, that's something that's, that's sort of uh, emphasized, right, in, in the society versus being a generalist and being a bit fluid, maybe, and flexible. Well, well I, I don't know. I, let me ask you this question, Yeah, man. sure. Because everybody talks about being focused versus being a generalist. Yeah. Like, I don't have an answer on this, and I don't think we've figured this out throughout history. I'd like to get your point on this. So should, you be a, should you be more focused or should you be a generalist? I think you could be generalist and be focused. And I think the way you do that is you have synergies across everything you do. And so what I, what I really mean is if you look at, you know, for example, I work you know, for the TMX, TMX group, right? I'm on the sales side and I work with a lot of private companies. Yeah. So my involvement with a lot of these entrepreneurs is what really sparked that encouragement in me to, to find myself an uh, entrepreneur per se. You know, and that, that's really what, what sort of drew the motivation to start a podcast, to start my own startup called Bookpack and to actively blog and build my personal brand. But if you look across everything I've, I've been doing, and we talked a bit, a bit about this before the podcast, it circles around three things, or what I call my three words, right? Communication, people, impact. And everything I do, it has to circle back to those you know, foundations. And if they hit on all three, I'm okay with doing it so long as they drive my personal and professional sure. career. Uh, so I, what's, your, what's your punchline? Are you focused or are you generalist? I'm a generalist. Uh, with a little bit of, with a little bit yeah, of focus. With a focus in everything I do. I, so I don't, I don't, it, I don't think it. I don't think that you. Okay, can, so so the yeah. way that I want to talk about, uh, you know, generalist versus focus mm -hmm. is that um, essentially, if you actually look throughout history, um, there are. Hold on one second. Let me let me just let me just. So let let me explain what happened here. I had called the previous establishment, <laughs> yeah. let them know that we're shooting something. They were all good with it. I said we're not going to get any patrons in. And um, they, uh, they said we need to move. And then we just kindly asked an, another great coffee shop. Um, M Squared. <laughs> M Squared And coffee. the Path Concourse, and all right. And they said, M Squared said, <laughs> absolutely, we'd love, to, we'd love for you guys to shoot. And please get our logo in the shot. So M Squared, thank you for the coffee. It's Amazing a great spot. Coffee One of the best coffee spots in Toronto and probably in the world. There you go. Um, so here we are again. <laughs> Thanks, John. I appreciate that. All right. Look. Things are going to happen, especially if you shoot a podcast in public and you got to be ready for these things and we're still making it happen. <laughs> we're back and we're ready to go. Okay, so look, we were talking about, you know, being flexible in a world where people emphasize being a specialist, yeah. right? Now, you're also kind of a generalist in, in, in your, in your sense, yeah. but you're, you're focusing on a common theme, which is innovation. Sure, sure. Did you find it difficult actually being in Deloitte, you know, being a senior manager, working in strategy and innovation, but also venturing out and doing all the other stuff that you were doing, like speaking? Did you find that a bit difficult? You know what, it was, um, I, I think it complemented well with what I was doing in Deloitte. You know, the beautiful, the beautiful thing about Deloitte is that they, um, you know, the reason why I love working at Deloitte, the reason why I love everything about Deloitte is that they allow you to do whatever you, the hell you want. And I think, wow. um, for me, it was a blessing. Like, we worked on some of the coolest projects mm. in this country and around the world uh, because our partners were like, they were like, yeah, go ahead and, and try things. And we were able to try things using crowdsourcing and AI and film. Like, we were able to experiment with cool things uh, to do it. And, um, you know, the speaking thing was getting to a point where I was like, 
you know, at some point it was like it was getting out of control, and right now it's completely out of control <laughs> uh, in a, in a good way. Meaning there's there's a lot of there's it, like right? way too much, and you know, I want to be I wanted to uh, make sure that I was respectful to the clients that I'm with, right? You're on a project for like you know three six months, you're actually rolling up your you're actually rolling up your sleeves. And, and, and working day to day with these clients, and if you're off in, in, in cities, it becomes very difficult, right? Mm. And so, uh, yeah, I want to be respectful of that. That's that's really cool, man. And, and you know, one of the things I love about Arnold Schwarzenegger is, you know, in his sort of rules to success, one you of just it. Drop Arnold. Wow, just Arnold, man. Right? Those those gains and <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things, you know. Oh, oh, oh my Ooh, look goodness! At this. Some Can some product placement. Look oh, at up. this. This hold is up. beautiful. I gotta get this in the picture, man. The best cop. Did I mention this is the best coffee shop in Toronto? <laughs> there you go. Amazing. This is great. I'm just I love take it. A nice square. shot of this. This is this is we're this rolling, is, man. This is beautiful. This is this is, uh, this is Did you get it? Yeah, it's you got to Instagram this. Trust me. Like yeah, yeah, when you get a good nice coffee, it's it's IG profile. That's a, see, that is a business owner that understands marketing, product placement. I love it. That's what I'm talking it's about. so true, man. And uh, I I do want to get back to this. I guess yeah. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get back to the Arnold uh, thing later, but. Uh, this is super important in the sense of also being sort of flexible and nimble like we came in no warning we just came in you kindly asked like hey can we do this and, and being so open you know putting the product placement actually having good coffee being a cool place with nice settings yeah, this yeah, is what yeah. you get out of it yeah totally. you know so I love that back to the thing about about Arnold he said you know when one of his, his rules of success was you got to sort of break the rules Right, and now obviously not in an illegal way, but but breaking the rules in terms of the status quo, like challenging status quo and doing things differently. Yeah. Right. You were kind of doing that, especially like I felt that when I was doing this podcast, you know, working in capital markets. And if you say you have a podcast called Let's Grab Coffee, you're going to get some heads turning, right? I love that. Yeah. And, and not, not all in, in always positive ways. And people are going to question what you're doing and why you're doing it and why you're so public on social media and stuff. Did you ever get sort of that that form of hassle, and, and how did you deal with it? You know, I actually never got that. Um, you know, I'm the type of guy that we just do stuff yeah. and you know ask questions later. I'm not saying that's the right approach every single time. You see, um, you know, from an organizational standpoint, you see Ubers of the world, right? Yeah. They will sort of bulldoze into a particular region and you know create market share and, and get you know get customers without even going, you know, talking with policy, working with the right authorities. And you know, I think that's sort of bit them in the ass a little bit. Mm. Um, you know, for me in my career, like I've always been, let's try stuff first, let's experiment. And most of the people, if you could actually, if you ask people that I, if you ask permission for people to do something, mm. no one's gonna give you permission to do it, right? They'll be like, yeah, but what's the ROI? Is it gonna work? Is it not gonna work? Like, who should we ask? Blah blah blah. My opinion is that, and I, I don't know if it's because I'm from Alberta, we got an entrepreneurial, like wild cowboy <laughs> mentality. Wild West. But, but 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 for me, it's like let's let's see how we can get things done, and um, and I'll give you an example of this. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was working with uh, my team. Uh, we were wanting to talk about how we can bring performance management to the public sector, to the government. Okay. And performance management is around how do you track sort of your outcomes and whatnot. And I wanted to make performance management really visual. And at the time, this was like back in 2013, the iPad was really hot. And um, what I wanted to do was bring, you know, Apple iOS, the iPad, to the government and show them how we could uh, we could really visualize their me performance measures. Yep. And I remember being in a boardroom with with my team and saying, "Yeah, that's a really great idea. How do we like? Yeah, that'd be great." And I said, "You know what we should do? We should bring all the public sector leaders together. Let's bring Apple together." 
and, and, and do this. They're like, yeah, that's a really great idea. And they're like, okay, so how are we, like, but well, we're not going to get Apple, right? Mm. I said, why not? So, well, we probably have to go through approvals and part partnerships. I'm like, fuck, I'm just going to call Cupertino <laughs> and get Apple on board. And so that's exactly what I did. I, I called Apple, Cupertino, I said, hey, from Deloitte, we want to do this thing for the public sector. And you know what? I didn't get to the right person the first time. And, you know, eventually I had to get somebody in Canada. You're pivoting and a bit. And regardless of, you know, Finally got to the right person. Apple was willing to partner with us. They were they they shipped me a whole bunch of iPads. They they wow. helped put their name on the thing, and um, Apple was an amazing partner for us. And uh, we were able to do these events with Apple. And it's like, and all it just took was a phone call. I didn't have to ask anybody. I didn't, I didn't do that. Same with getting people for a particular podcast. I remember we were starting a podcast, and I said, you know what, a great idea would be if we got the premium. Mm. Uh, they're like, Sean, that's a great idea, but you know, we don't have the contacts right now. We don't. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, just call the premier and ask him if he wants to be on the podcast. <laughs> and so, uh, so for one of our podcasts, we got uh, Prentice, uh, the late great Prentice. He, he he passed away uh, recently, but he uh, we got him on a podcast. Mm. It's because we called him, we emailed him, and said, Hey, do you want to be on a podcast? Just try it he out. Said, sure. Man, I think people I'm... people want to ask permission. Yeah, permission too much, I think, and also like. You, you were mentioning this before, but actually just, just executing. Like, like you can talk and talk and talk sure. about what you can do. And you and I can actually, you know, sort of predict the next, the next hundred years and come up with thousands of things that, that we can think will happen. But if you don't actually execute today and just make things happen and just do it, you know, the whole Shia LaBeouf thing, I often joke, but just, just actually do it. You know, but what also. What's Shia LaBeouf? Never seen that. It's, it's like a, it's a video <laughs> when he's just going crazy and he's like, "Just do it." Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen there's like a meme around it. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but but that has a lot of depth in, in, in certain cases, and but also I think what you've done is, is is have the courage to to step outside of of what people will place as limits. Sure. Right, and and even things like, and I'll, and I'll take your 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 I guess your thoughts on this. But for me, a lot of the things I was doing, I, I was never really prepared for, right? Like I created a site, had no clue how to build one podcast I literally went on Google just one night because I, yeah. I love podcasts myself you know and then I sort of typed it up and I'm like how do you how do you actually do this you know and, and even in the entrepreneurial space and so a lot of it I think people focus too much on, on timing or everything has to be perfect and everything has to line up yeah before you can actually jump and take that leap and I think that's that's not always the best way to do it like sometimes you just gotta have to you have to be scrappy man totally you know you got to roll up your sleeves and just taste the dirt go through it learn as you go be open and just fucking grind I, you, you know, know I, what do you think I, of that? Yeah. Listen, man. Like, I think when we talk about innovation, I could I could drop you. You know, like you said, like we could drop you a billion ideas right now. But yeah. at the end of the day, it actually comes down to execution and trying things out. And I think um, you, you're totally right, man. And I think you know, you're 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 a sort of bulldozer. You're gonna keep on going. <laughs> I'm I'm really excited to see what you know where you go in your career. And and uh, what are you really passionate about what? By the way, like what do you what like really gets you up in the morning? Yeah, so so this is something we were talking about as well, and, and I, I want to pose this question to you. But you know, for, for me, I guess there's two things. You know, uh, from the self or from from my personal self is is just building legacy. You know, like like I'm 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 more you know I'm more focused on legacy versus likes. I'm more focused on on, on, on impact versus being an influencer. You know what I'm saying? Dropping bombs. Hundred percent, dude. Because I, I think like that's what people remember. Maya Angelou. You know, she had a great quote, and, and she said, "People don't remember what you do for them." Or what you say, people remember how you made them feel, and and so yeah. I'm, like I'm building equity through impact, and, and by changing people's mindset, maybe giving them encouragement, even if it's through a picture, a video, a podcast, 
anything I'm doing yeah. has to have tangible impact. And if I'm not happy with it being so positive, I'm not going to do it. And so for the self, it's legacy for my parents. It's financial freedom because they immigrated to Canada. And we, we all talk about entrepreneurship. Like yeah. they were the real entrepreneurs in my life, dude. They left everything. They we had a comfortable life in Saudi. They left everything for me and my sister, you know, to give us a chance at a better future. And so now I'm, I feel like I'm indebted and I owe them, not financially only, but, but for my mom and my dad, my dad, my sister to look at me and say, look, at least, you know, the, the sort of uh, the opportunity cost that we put in actually paid off and, and what he's doing has meaning and he's living with, with a sense of purpose. And so it's more holistic for me and I think a lot of people don't see that from a superficial lens when they open Instagram and they see a picture or when they open a video and they see a two second segment. Like you're seeing a demo, you know, but you, you weren't there for 24 years that, that yeah. came to this segment. Yeah? <laughs> so, sorry. Somebody <laughs> clip this. <laughs> for two minutes and then put it like put it everywhere so that was amazing how about yourself you know what I, I totally agree with you I think I think legacy is important and I, I, I want to play for the long term as well I want to make sure that um, that I want to make an impact and not, not only you know within the people that I work with the clients that I work with or the city that I'm in but in the country that I'm in as well so impact mm. is really important to me legacy is really important to me and I, I fundamentally agree man I literally everything that you said like I totally agree listen my you know, I love the immigrant sort of mentality. Too. Like, listen, my parents uh, moved to this country and they gave us sort of everything yeah. that we that we wanted. And you know, I want to take it to the next level. They they took all the risk in the world to move to this country, exactly. and now they set up a platform for my brother and I to you know take it to the next level. And and I owe it to them. For God's sakes, they made the risk. Exactly. You know, I should be able to take it to the next level. And then also for my you know my my daughter and you know it's really important and so and so that definitely wakes you up and then gets you out of bed right it gets you sort of running and it sparks that fire and, and around that your passion is innovation i kind of wanted to ask as well because you know we're sort of talking about passion and stuff one of your passions is innovation and, yeah. and, and strategy from from a macro and micro level how, how do you actually define innovation like what what does it mean to you and, and, and how do you see it continue to drive the world forward in the next five, ten years? You know, I think it's really simple. To me, innovation is about how do you create value in new ways. That's it. How do you create value in new ways? And yeah. a lot of people get caught up with innovation being just like the technology or the product. And I yeah. think you can actually create value in new ways, not just through the product or technology. You know, the iPhone is really great, but the reason why the iPhone it works is because of the app developer ecosystem, it's because of iTunes, it's because of the relationships, it's because of all the things around it, the customer experience, the, the actual business model. There's other ways to innovate just than just the technology or the product. And um, you know, that's why I love um, seeing what people are doing, not just in the technology space, or yeah. what people are doing on process, and the cool <laughs> partnerships and joint ventures that they're making, or how they're designing the organization from a structural standpoint, or what people are doing from a, a, a channel perspective, or how they're doing customer service, or they're, how they're doing customer experience. I, I think that some of the best innovations in the world, and some of the best companies in the world, they've been able to scale and, and do some incredible things, not just because of technology. And, and often I think innovation is sort of simultaneously used with the tech industry, right? And, and people almost presume like, like if you have to be innovative, right? And, and it, but it's, it's funny how it has a, pon a positive association, like innovation is embedded in technology. Uh, and, and I feel that that's a little limiting for people not in the industry. And there's still a lot of things outside of tech that, that think, still have a hold, right? Listen, I think technology is a great tool. It's an enabler. It actually has the ability to change behaviors. Yes. At the end of the day, you know, now we live in a world because of the internet, because of cloud, we almost live in a drag and drop world where you can, you, technology is like, 
it's like it's not even a competitive advantage. It's not a differentiator. If I can, if we have, the, if we have the same phone and we have Instagram mm. and we're taking a picture with Instagram, yeah. What's the difference between your picture and my picture? There's going to be no difference. Maybe you, you the, the only difference is that you might have a little bit more creativity or style or the design, visual, the design or yeah. s design sensibilities. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we're still using the same tool. The outcome. And today. Yeah. Because of cloud, because you can get the best CRM uh, product in the world, because you can get the best marketing automation, everything is available to us. Go to sharestack.io, you can see what every te best technology company is using mm. in their technology stack. What I'm saying is that you can get all the best technology at your fingertips, so it's not a point of differentiation. The point of differentiation is what you do outside of the technology, how do you connect these technologies. So. You know, I think people get really caught up, like, we're not a technology company. Well, listen, now because of the cloud, because of the internet, because of all this thing, technology is almost ubiquitous, it's commoditized, and you can get some of the best technology from anywhere. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, 100%. And it, and it seems like, the actual definition of innovation has also evolved over the years. Like now, I don't think so. You, you, we don't say so. Right? I think it's creating value in new ways. Why has it evolved? Simply. Listen, everybody has different definitions of it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people get. I think a lot of people. It's just like anything. It's like analytics or like innovation or like yeah. artificial intelligence. Like people have their own definition of like what that's all about. I'm not saying that my definition is the be all end all. At the end of the day, like, I, I think you make it, I don't know. I you think, make it what it is, really. Yeah, it's, and I think creating value in new ways, I know that's always been the case. Yeah. Whether you are living when fire was invented yeah. to when, you know, quantum computing is invented, like, I don't think it matters. Yeah, and then that, that's kind of, kind of where I was heading. I mean, it, if you look, let me say 10, 20, 30 years ago, the, 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 the focus was more on inventing. Right, it's like it's like what new in, uh, invention did you create, and then innovating with that, within that in, invention. And I think yeah. what you're seeing today, also, especially in the tech sector, like we can we can talk about innovation in terms of an app, right? Like, oh, oh did you see the startup? They innovated in this space, like an Uber, for example, right? Sure. They they disrupted the, the taxi industry and the transportation model, and they innovated by creating an app that makes it super easy to do that. Uh, so it, so it's kind of interesting how we're going to keep progressing within innovation and how we do that within tech or within other industries. I think that's that's a super, super cool space. Man, there's going to be, you know, the world, like, there's there's so many problems that are unsolved. There's so many opportunities out there. I think the biggest opportunity right now is we're seeing all these individual technologies that yes. are finally converging and this is what's creating the that's going to create all the disruption. Yes. Because you have things like blockchain combining with AI, com combining with, you know, whatever. And I think... Um, that's that's what's causing all the all the mess. And, and I actually want to uh, talk about this too. Um, you said that. Disruption is really everywhere, right? And you can actually focus on any industry and you can find ways to make it better. You can find things that people have pain points in and, and so on. How important is it that someone actually knows like the, the EQ, right? I, I talk a lot about actually emotional intelligence and knowing yourself and, and making sure that what you're doing, whether it's being innovative in any industry, making sure that it's right for you and you actually understand what you're trying to disrupt. Not doing it because it's the new sexy so, fad so, like so blockchain. Can I, just, can I just define this? Like, yeah. I actually don't think that you have to disrupt anything. To be honest with you, okay. you know, we get I think we get a lot of we get caught up in like, oh, we have to disrupt this particular industry. But to be honest with you, disruption is about going into a particular space yeah. and then changing the game forever, changing the status quo. You're, you're going into an industry, you're taking away market share from somebody else. Mm. But there's also another uh, space where you can actually create net new 
things that no one has ever even seen before, problems that people know that they haven't even solved. It's very you true. Know, and, 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 and think, we get caught up around, well, how do we disrupt an industry? Well, how do you create a new, a new industry? industry. Yeah. You know, I always bring up the stupidest example in the world, but it's called, um, you know, GIFs. Yeah, yeah. Super Giffy. smart. Yeah. You know, Giphy's a $600 million <laughs> value company. They're the fastest growing tech company to have users with 300 million users. Like, they didn't disrupt. It's not like, <laughs> it's not like people were like, Oh, it's taking away anything. They created a new language. Yeah. They created a new format in yeah. which we send moving pictures to one another. This is net new. Mm. You look at Viagra. This is net new. We're not disrupting a previous space where people couldn't get hard. Yeah. They, they, they created a new market. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I think that we get really caught up in around the disrupt or disrupted, but I, you know, I think, yeah, and my thinking has evolved around this as well, but yeah. I think you can actually create net new. And, and I love that point. There's actually, I was sitting in on a, on a conference, it was the Generation Now conference, Gen Now, um, and, and the K-Swiss brand president was talking. And K-Swiss obviously, is, you know, I mean, they, they've had certain struggles in the shoe industry and they were competing against giants, right? Nike, Adidas, Puma. And for the longest time, all they were trying to do was compete with the biggest and the baddest and the ones who already had that entry point. And he said this quote, he's like, if you can't be first, be different. And what, what K-Swiss ended up doing is created a new world, essentially, where they're making now shoes for CEOs and entrepreneurs. Like, they want to become the shoe for, for yeah. the entrepreneur. And, and the whole brand and the tagline is hustle. You know, and because they figured that I can't compete with Nike on, on the aesthetic spectrum. I can't compete with Adidas and Puma with the celebrity status and the lifestyle kind of brand that they have. So if I can't compete in the, those two verticals, I'm not going to sit, stare and do nothing. I'm going to create a vertical on my own that hasn't been created yet. And that's why they partnered with Gary Vee and he became the first ambassador. Yeah. Like, dude, 10 years ago, if, if you heard someone say, like, you know, this entrepreneur or influencer has a new shoe line. Exactly. That, no, I like, and, in case with a site see, crash. Is, see, and that is innovation. <laughs> that's not taking away from anything. Mm. That is, I wouldn't say that's disruptive or anything. That's, that's creating and creating value in new ways. And It's creative in that there sense. There you go. It's the innovation. That's amazing, dude. And so, you know, for you, what sort of segments, I mean, you spent 12 years, right, in Deloitte, um, leading strategy, innovation. What were some of those learning points? Maybe challenges, things that, because obviously you've consulted multiple clients, various yeah. clients, all types of cases. I think at the end of the day, like, I think the hardest thing when it comes to um, helping an organization think about innovation or helping them to innovate, it's, it's really the cultural barriers. At the end of the day, it's all people stop. It's, you know, a lot of organizations are, are they, Legacy infrastructure is there for sure, like, yeah. especially a lot of co companies in, in Canada or government organizations in Canada, they're stuck with legacy infrastructure. Mm. But at the end of the day, it's it's just the cultural barriers. It's like, oh, we can't do this because of X, or uh, you know, we're not allowed to do that because of policy. And I think there's a lot of ingrained cultural beliefs of how we can't get things done. So I think that's the toughest thing to change. And um, how do you yeah. how do you overcome that? That sort I think of it's and I, I think it's tough. And I think um, you know you can do. There's like a, a multi. I don't think there's any magic to it. I don't think there's a there's a there's a bulletproof there's way of doing areas, that. Yeah. I think it's number one. It's getting leadership buy-in around you know what digital Top mean, line. what innovation innovation means. Yeah. That you can even have leadership buy-in, but unless you have actually people actually understanding, the, the, you know, the employees, everybody understanding why it's important. Yeah. I think taking an experimental experimentation mindset and actually starting small with small teams and small sprints and small problems and really expanding that. Um, and I think it's uh, giving people the freedom and mm. empowering them to try new things um, is important. And many organizations are fearful of that. And, and this is a perfect segue to something I kind of want to talk about because in the space that, that we're talking about, 
uh, you know, one of the things about being innovative and being creative or being disruptive, whatever sense you want to define it, requires change, yeah. right? And, and, and you just pinpointed a term, fear, right? I almost humorously joke, it's like false expectation of hearing real, right? If you've heard of that term. And, and so having that fear and dealing with change are two very difficult things for people, even per, like personally and professionally as well. How, how do you deal with, with, with change yourself? Because to be in a state where you're constantly thinking of strategy and innovation, you have to, well, I think, you know? You know, I'm not, I'm not perfect, I'm not like anybody. Like, I, I, uh, I still have the shirt, I haven't changed it yet. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I think, I think it's just this ability, we talked about it earlier, just this ability to continuously learn, to be open to new things. And I mean, it's a tough thing to do. As you get older, I think it's a, it's a tough thing to do, but I think mm. you have to recognize that the world is changing very quickly. Yeah. And the things that you, you would think is um, uh, crazy and wild, um, you, you have to be almost accepting to that. It's funny because like, I was talking to like uh, some folks um, about popularity and like, how popularity has been totally digitized and fractured. And I was explaining to them that like that people are making millions of dollars just like playing video games. Yeah. And that's a thing. Yeah, South Korea. And they're like, oh that's huge. that's great. Like why would people do that? Yeah. Or or people are making millions of dollars an unboxing um, <laughs> like you know uh, yeah. games, games yeah. or or unwrapping Easter eggs Food reviews, or whatever. doing or on Instagram and being an IG girl like why are we judging these people because of what like if they're popular in that particular realm then like who are we to judge right and I think we get so caught up in them. Well, they're not a doctor, an engineer, they're not an yeah. accountant or lawyer or stockbroker. They're not something traditional. So whatever they're doing is like not relevant. But we live in a new world where people are, and this is just an example, where people are doing wildly crazy things and they're getting, they're, they're making money with it. So why are we to judge? Mm. Like can people, people diss Kim Kardashian or Kylie Jenner, they're like, Oh yeah, they're well, making a lot of money, but they're not doing anything. They're not. They're not. They're. they're why, why are they? Why are they so popular? It's like, listen, the market's the dictating the popular. Exactly. Not. I love it. Like, I love the, that. They're marketing machines. They are. They they're showcasing their. They're, they're, they're showcasing their lives, exploiting their lives, and they're really good at it. So yeah. like, who are you to judge? Yeah. And, and the last piece is super, super important because I think everybody is so quick to judge. But what's funny to me is like, well. Okay, open up uh, Kim Kardashian's Instagram. 100 plus million followers, right? Well, you just made that very important distinction. You're like, well, if you're annoyed by it, but he, hold on, just take a step back and understand that the market is the one that's validating whether or not she should be successful. Exactly. And, and so you can't really, I mean, if you blame yourself, that's hypocritical in a sense. And, and you might not be a sort of supporter or a fan, but 100 plus million people are. Totally. And so, don't really sort of be quick to judge before you can even uh, claim, claim that. And that's that the thing that we're so quick to judge, and because we don't understand, we we have no because the world is exponential. Yeah. We don't even know what's relevant, what's popular. Yeah. Like even somebody playing in the innovation space, if you talk to me about like the, the the specifics and the details of what's happening in like biometrics, I have no idea. Yeah. What, what, why? You know what I mean? Like there's so much stuff happening because of the internet, mm. and that that. We shouldn't be judging anything. Yeah. Like I think there's. And it's, it's. I think well, the, the actual term in psychology, it's like willful blindness. Okay. Right? Yeah. Be because you're willfully blind to the things that you don't know, and because you don't know them, they're sort of outside of the box of comfort that you hold, 
you know, and yeah. because you don't understand it, you can't resonate. Yeah, and yeah. so you deem it unfit for, for your ideology. But that's very untrue. You know, if you look 10 years, 10, 12 years ago, there's often a joke that says like, uh, entrepreneurship was equivalent to being self-employed. Or, or, or unemployed, really. Sure. You know, but today entrepreneurship is the most romanticized sure, it's term. Like that. Those are the, it, the it's a sexy thing, stores. right? Uh, and, and even like, dude, if I told my cousins or, or my family members that you can monetize on YouTube, my mom would have a heart attack. You know? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I often, I often totally, say that. It's, it's true, but it's, it's, it's a different that, world we play in. And that's why I have so much respect for the people that actually went outside of their comfort zone. Yes. And they became e-gamers or ballerinas. Yeah, why not? Or like, you know, I think I, I think um, that's really inspiring. And yeah. those are the people that actually inspire me. The people that are actually going for legacy and the people that are actually doing things outside of their out of their comfort zone and mm. doing things that they're passionate and they love. Because I think once you find the things that you're good at and the things that you're passionate about with the things that the market really wants, that's the most dangerous place in the world. Yeah. And and you, you can be like you can be so emotional. To, to your product, you talked a bit about, about this earlier, but you're constantly you're like I'm, I'm constantly trying to destroy uh, my product. It was a term that you're using, right? If you have a startup, constantly destroy your idea to figure out how you can make it better. And you can't be so emotional to what you're doing, whether exactly. it's yourself or, or the outcomes of the things you're doing, because if the market, for example, isn't isn't you know receiving what you're doing well, well, you have two choices. You can't just complain about it. You either stop what you're doing if, if it really doesn't have merit, or f figure out a way to pivot. And make exactly. it better, and make it a way so, such that the market actually wants to listen and I think, or view. And it's very hard talk to do. You know, yeah. a great example is Netflix. You know, the toughest yes. decision that Reed Hastings ever made as a CEO of Netflix is when they went from the DVD business to the streaming business. And he literally had to kick out the DVD team from the main management meeting at Netflix because they weren't open to the new technologies that were coming out. And by the way, the DVD team is responsible for all the revenue and profit at the organization. That's a fucking hard thing to do. Yeah. You're kicking out the entire. You're kicking out the entire team <laughs> that's responsible for all the revenue and the profit in your meeting because they're not open to new technology. Yo, that takes balls. <laughs> Tons of the balls. That's crazy. That's true. That's like saying like, oh, like, all these people that are making me successful, take them out of the meeting because because they're not open to like the new tech. That's crazy. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. You know what's funny about Netflix too? I kind of want to make this point is, like they started off first just, I mean, obviously with, with their streaming service, but in the beginning, in the, in the very early days. No, Okay, yeah, like, now like, they're the streaming the, service. Now they're streaming service, but in their early days, what they were doing is, is kind of like, I think people felt a bit limited, like okay, not, not a huge selection of videos and TV shows, and they're like, all right, let's, let's see what's gonna happen. When I think Netflix Originals came out, people were like, oh, totally, oh totally. my, what is this? Like, you know, beautiful production, amazing actors, not always the ones that you really know about or the ones that are most famous. Most recently though, with a movie like Bright with Will Smith, I mean, that opened a huge gateway. I mean, I don't know if people really sort of saw the micro in that, but, but you're really taking something like a traditional movie and you're plugging it into, into Netflix with a legitimate actor, a huge famous celebrity, really, yeah, in Will Smith, right? Totally, and I think they did that. I think that's why you're seeing them spend billions and billillions and billions of dollars onto content. Into that. Because that Super is smart. sort of the next gateway for them. And they, they keep on coming up with new ways of, 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 yeah. uh, of gaining market share and relevance. And, it's, uh, it's and they're kind of tapping into the YouTube thing, if you saw recently. We were talking about that show where you know, they get in the car and they start singing and stuff, those sort of yeah. small, small yeah, yeah. Uh, snip snippets. They're doing that now on Netflix too. They have like a bunch of maybe 10 to 20 minute uh, segments where they're doing these small interviews. Or, right. So, so it's kind of interesting. One of, one of the, the, the few questions I also wanted to ask is, even just talking about Will Smith, is the whole generational difference too. I think like everybody's so quick to, to plug in people in different generations, like, oh, millennials, Gen Z, or millennials are entitled, or baby boomers can't, can't be innovative or creative. Or you see Will Smith, even someone like Gary Vee, I mean, they're not millennials, but like Will Smith recently just gets a camera, busts it down, starts vlogging. 
Like that was super left field. I don't think people expected that. And he's doing yeah. extremely well. Dude, his Instagram blew up to like 10 million in like totally, yeah. two, three weeks. What are your thoughts on that? Well, at the end of the day, Will Smith is like one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. He's got Love talent. Love him as an actor. Yeah. Listen, he's got talent. Charisma. And, he's got yeah. charisma. He's got content. Like he's got talent. Talent yeah. will always surface on the internet. Mm. That's why a guy like you, you know, with your charisma, with, with, your, with your, uh, your, your swagger, like... I appreciate Buddy, you, bro. The talent, talent's just going to come through, right? <laughs> you know, people are going to watch this in 10 years and say, you know, they're going to see it. They're going to be like, George has been on the, on the, you know, on the tip the whole time. And I think, Thank you, um, you know, I think talent just overcomes everything. I, you know, you need a little bit of, you need a platform, you need a network of course. Uh, to make it happen. And that but comes with that's time why a guy like, That's why a guy like um, Will Smith, I think he's an anomaly. I, I don't think you can... Yeah. Just, he's just so, he's just one of the greatest of all time, man. Yeah. And I, and, um, I think a guy like him could be successful. I, th I think, again, like, he's one of the guys that sort of transcends, transcends culture, right? Yeah. Like he's, he's, he crosses um, so many different generations because of his, his movies, his shows, his talent. But I think that um, if you take the other approach, you can actually build a small, he, Building a small niche in a particular area and breaking through the noise there is mm -hmm. equally as impressive. Yeah. And um, I think people should be focusing on that first. Yes. Rather than doing the Will Smith style, because of right. course it's Will Smith. Yeah. And also, the, uh, I mean, process over product, right? Be patient. You know, really trust in yourself and everything you do. And and this is why, like, legacy over likes. I love that term, is because if you're going for likes, like, dude, I'll, I'll put up a YouTube video, and if it gets like 100 views, I'll be so like you know, sort of happy with it because I know those hundred views, at least hopefully I can bring value to you. And so I'm not, it's not, it's not like you do just one video and you're like, oh, I didn't get a million views and tomorrow I quit. You know, so it requires persistence. And I think a lot of people don't see what maybe Will Smith had to do, despite obviously having certain characteristics and personality traits that led to him being successful. But the hard work that measured up to it, yeah. I think that, that that's that's very uh, commendable in anybody. So on that topic, last question. Yeah, last question. Episode 20 of Let's Grab Coffee, all right? Sean. I need one, two, maybe three, all right, if you guys are lucky. Tips, how to be successful, what someone should do, some advice, some things maybe that you learned, what can you leave us with? I think, um, think about, if you're waking up in the morning, if you're watching this, think about how you can take yourself out of the job today. Think about how you can actually get yourself fired today by taking a risk. And you know what you will do is if you try something yeah. like that, other than punching somebody in the face, <laughs> if you try something like that, you will notice that nothing will happen, you will push yourself outside of your comfort zone, and you actually might make a massive impact to what you are doing. So my advice is try to get yourself fired at work today. Wow. All right. <laughs> Thanks so much, my man. Hey, I appreciate this it. This is so awesome. Much. Thank you so much. Guys, Sean Canungo. I'm going to have all the stuff in the YouTube uh, description box below, just where you can check him out, where you can connect. Trust me, Sean is going to be tremendous, tremendous person to be connected with, someone that you should continue to follow and learn from. No, this and guy, let me tell you, <laughs> listen, you know, there's, there's not many people on, uh, there's not many people that can be as good on video, as natural as this guy. And I know this. 
because I'm I'm good on video. And that means a lot this, coming from this, you, man. This guy is gonna be one of the greatest of all time. So so <laughs> make sure that you watch this video and in ten years you reference this back because this is the prediction that I'm making right now that this guy will be one of the greatest of all time. Man, that means a lot, dude. Thank you so much. Sean Canugo, Absolutely. episode 20. Appreciate you guys. Thank you.